Hey there, CEOs. It's Brandy, and I have just a quick note for newer listeners. This show used to be called the She Who Dares podcast, but on May 5th, 2022, we changed the name to the Wedding Pro CEO podcast to better reflect my mission to help wedding industry entrepreneurs scale a profitable business they love. The content is the same, just a more descriptive title. Enjoy the show. You're listening to episode number 76 of the She Who Dares podcast. Welcome to the She Who Dares podcast. I'm your host, Brandi Gar. I'm a small business entrepreneur with almost 20 years of experience in the event industry, and I've spent the last decade creating multiple thriving businesses, growing a dedicated team, and teaching others to do the same. Each week, I'll share an inspiring conversation or message to encourage you to follow your dreams to start or scale your business. Thanks for hanging out with me this week. Let's jump into the episode. Hey there, podcast friends. Welcome back to another episode of the She Who Dares podcast. Today's episode is very unique because I am doing a one-on-one coaching call with Katie Padilla from Scarlet Rose Events. You may remember that a few months ago, back in February of 2021, we threw up an Instagram post and we said, if you would be interested in one-on-one coaching with me, you can apply to get a free coaching call and it will be featured on the She Who Dares podcast. And in that application, I asked for them to tell me a little bit about their business And I asked if you could sit down with me for 30 minutes, what would you want to know from me? And the reason that Katie's application stood out is because she said there's so much information out there and so much education for new planners. But as somebody who's been in business for about four years, and I feel like I'm ready to hire my first full-time employee, I feel like I'm struggling with understanding what to do next and how to level up. And I was like, hallelujah, I'm your girl. (laughs) You guys know that I love teaching wedding pros how to build and scale their business. And I know that this is something that I struggled with so much when I hit that point where it was like, I want to grow, but I don't know the next step. I have a full calendar. I have some contractors, but like, how do I make this really be a business? And so today, Katie and I just jumped on a call. We jumped on Zoom and she asked me some incredible questions about what the next steps are and how to know when to hire and and how much to pay your employees and how to know what the right employees are and so many valuable questions. So I hope that you guys love this episode and let's get into it. Hey, Katie, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited too. Yeah, I can't not wait. So I don't actually know what your questions are ahead of time. So we're going (laughs) to see how this goes, which I typically love to kind of riff a little bit better. I feel like I get all way too wordy when I know the questions in advance. But before we get into all the juicy details and all the questions that you have, can you just kind of tell everybody a little bit about who you are and your company and how you got started and where you are now in your company? Yeah, absolutely. So I will say I I was the typical bride turned wedding planner, right? So this is not my fancy expensive degree that hangs on my wall. Nothing to do with this. <laughs> the photographers that shot my wedding, they said, hey, we can start a planning company and you can run it. And I was like, well, that's great. Why not? Yeah. You know, they had industry knowledge and they had a name behind them. So they actually started a wedding planning company for me to run. 
And I did that for about three and a half years. And it was a great experience. I learned so much, learned so much about the industry and the vendors local to us. And then in April, I actually launched Scarlet Rose Events. So of last year. So, you know, what a great time to start a new business. But it didn't feel new because I was had been in the industry for so long and all of the vendors knew me. So Mm -hmm. That's kind of my background. So while Scarlet Rose is only about a year old, yeah, I've been in the industry for about four and a half. So I feel like that has served me well. And now it's just kind of like, okay, where do we go next? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's so good. Okay. Well, so you guys can go follow Katie over at Scarlet Rose events on Instagram. If you want to check out what she's doing and kind of figure out who is it that Brandy's talking to today, this is going to be fun. <laughs> so, okay. So let's dive into your questions. Yes, absolutely. So how do you differentiate yourself in a saturated market? I was a new planner that popped up, but I'm sure everyone was like, who's this person, right? So there's a lot of that. And I don't live in a huge city, but I'm in San Antonio, Texas, and it's not small, you know? Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of planners in kind of our surrounding areas. What are your thoughts on how to differentiate yourself? Yeah, I think there's a lot to that. You know, when you first start out, especially you know, especially if you're a podcast junkie or an education junkie, you're hearing constantly like, know your ICA, know your ICA. And I tell people all the time, I don't think you know your ICA right away. Like it would be an ideal customer avatar. Sorry for anyone listening that doesn't know what that means. It's kind of like, who's your ideal client? And I think that you don't really know who that person is until you've started working events and you're, you know, I don't like that kind of wedding and I do like this kind of wedding. So for you, you already probably knew that coming into the market to some degree. So I think understanding who your client is once you're able to do that and really only marketing to them. So I think that's, that's one step of it is for all of your social media, your website, your branding, your colors your brand voice should all only be speaking to your one client. Now there will be people that are outliers that see your stuff and still love you. And they'll say, Hey, I want you to plan my event. And that's great. Perfect. You can still do that, but you really only want to be speaking to that one client. For instance, for blush, for my planning company, our ideal client is early thirties, mature, couple, traditional, typical couple. Bride has maybe been thinking about her wedding since she was a little girl. Parents are involved. And so we market to them, but that doesn't mean that every once in a while we don't get, you know, a non-traditional couple who's like, I want a black and purple wedding, you know, in a ballroom. And we're like, Hey, that's fun for us. We rarely get to do that because that's not our typical client. But that's just not who we market to. So if we were if we were trying to show every single kind of wedding that we could do or that we've done, people would be confused. They wouldn't understand who we are. So you always want to market to that one person once you know who that is. And then the other piece of that, I think, is really differentiating who you are kind of grassroots style. So for wedding pros, especially for somebody like you, I know a lot of our listeners who've come into the market to start their own company after being in the events industry for a certain amount of time, you do have connections. And so when I say grassroots, I mean, overperform, over deliver, care about the vendors that are at your event, genuinely take vendors to coffee and ask them, like genuinely want to understand how you can support their business. How can I help you? When you're talking to a venue, instead of saying, how can I be on your venue list, your preferred venue list? 
how, what makes you different? What makes you unique? What is the perfect client for you? What, if you could name the qualities of any planner that came in here, who would be the perfect partner for you? You know, genuinely asking them how you can be better at your job to make their job easier. I think that we overlook this a lot. And we had a podcast episode on it not too long ago with Christine Huey about creating a five-star experience. And it's really grassroots. It's about having those vendors that work with you on a wedding. If you know, if you're working with 11 different vendors on a wedding, that's 11 different voices that can speak your name when the opportunity comes up. And so I think we miss that a lot. We're so focused on, you know, social media and marketing and website, which is all important, but we miss the personal connection and how important those voices are. If you have a photographer, a DJ, a venue, a florist that loves working with you because you make their life easier, they're going to preach your name all day long to their clients and that's worth gold. So that's what I would say when you're really focused on that in the beginning. Okay. Or any stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's super helpful. I appreciate that. That's something that we've definitely grown into kind of learning who our ideal client is. And so mm-hmm. I think we're, we're just kind of hitting that and really starting to market that way. Yeah. Who do you think your ideal client is? What would you say? I would say that they are probably, you know, mid to late twenties, you know, professionals. We try to, something that we talk about a lot in our business is taking traditional elements and putting a modern spin on it. Okay. So we're trying to kind of modernize with our design and different things like that. If they want some kind of traditional elements or traditional decor elements, awesome. But how can we do something different with your signage or things like that? Yeah. So we want couples and we're like fun people. I'm, I'm like, we're, we're a really good time. Like I will be honest and frank with that. We like to think that we're a really good time. So we want people who want to gravitate towards that and yeah. you know, are communicative and you know, enjoy the entire process and everything like that. I like that you said we're a really great time because that's, it is so important to know, like, what do you even provide to a couple? If you're going to provide you know, we're going to have a fun during your planning process. You know, I think that that's important. Not everyone can say that. I don't know that I would, I don't know that I would say that to my couples. And, and I think that that's great. Not because I think it's wrong at all. I'm, I'm saying, I think that's perfect that you know that about your, your couples and we're fun. We're going to have a good time during your planning process. So I think that's huge too, to know that that's part of your brand voice. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate that. That was, yeah. was really helpful. Good. My next question that I had was, I think it was kind of a lot of what you touched on at the beginning with, with my application was, okay, how to level up and how to know when it's time to grow. In, in my company, I'm looking very closely at bringing one of my senior planners on full-time. So, okay. you know, so she has a nine to five somewhere else. She can do weddings for us on the weekends, but how to take that leap of faith and bringing her on you know, whether employee or contractor, but making this her full-time job, you know, then I'm responsible for someone else's salary and livelihood and, you know. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot to this question and we'll (laughs) unpack it a little bit, but I think this is probably one of the biggest questions people ask. You know, I know I went through this too, where I had all these contractors and I was like, I don't know if I can really be responsible for their pay all the time. So I think there's a lot of things to look at. One is going to be how many events does she already do for you? And how many events can you give to her as well? Does that make sense? So when you have somebody that's a contractor that you're paying per event, sometimes just in our own mentality, we think, 
let's just say, for instance, she makes $1,000 per event for easy numbers. We think in our own heads, you know, I'm not going to give that wedding to Jennifer this time. I'll just take it because, gosh, I could save $1,000 and I can just do it. And then we end up with a fuller schedule than we should have Mm -hmm. because it costs us $1,000 every time we give a wedding to one of our planners, right? And so the problem with that becomes we are not able to focus on growing our business because we're so inundated with weddings and being amazing at doing weddings. Now, Mm -hmm. I think there's value in that, but at some point in your business, you have to decide, am I comfortable staying here? And I'm going to keep taking this many weddings, but I can't really focus on being the CEO and growing our business. Or let's say you're doing 40 weddings a year, right? And maybe you're doing 20 and Jen's doing 20. And so if you're already paying her $20,000 a year to take those, what if you gave her 10 of yours which then allowed you to start growing your business. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that that sounds uncomfortable. It's like, wait, if I give her 10 of mine, that's that's 10,000 more dollars I have to pay her, right? But what can you do with those hours that you're getting back that you can now focus on? Can you sell more? So could you make a goal for yourself that you said, if I could do 10 less weddings a year, could I sell 10 more? Does that make sense? Like, could I be more focused on selling, on marketing, on networking, on all of these things? There's that, right? The second piece of that is if you bring Jen, I don't think that's actually her name. I'm making this up. (laughs) But if you bring Jen on full-time, what else can she do for your business? So right now you're paying her $1,000 per wedding, let's say, to um, just perform that wedding. But if you had her on full-time, could she also help with your timelines for your weddings? Could she help with social media? Could she do some networking on her own, which she should absolutely be doing because you want (laughs) to not be just you. You want to make sure that your team is out there as well. So you really want to make sure that you can find other things for her to do that will also help you move the needle. So could she make reels? Could she be in charge of Pinterest? Could she do something that you're not able to currently do in your business that's going to, again, bring in more dollars, bring more eyes, right? And then the last thing to this, people always say to me, but how much should I pay them, right? That's always the burning question. But how much should I pay this person? This may not be the answer everybody wants because I think everybody just wants like, but what is that number? The answer I have for everyone that I coach is have a conversation with that person. If you have a person on your team that's currently a contractor and they're working a nine to five, they love working weddings, they want to work for you, have a conversation. What would it take for me to be able to get you to quit your job and work full-time for me? And the reason I say that is because you can do every salary study in the world, but if you can't offer them what they need to leave their job, it doesn't really matter, right? Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, they could say to you, I hate my flipping job so much that I actually would be willing to take a pay cut for the versatility to be able to work from home and have more flexible schedule and and work full-time for you. So I'm able to make this dollar amount, whatever that is. And we overthink it so much. We give ourselves such anxiety about trying to figure out this perfect number and we never even bring them into the conversation. And and then you might also be surprised. I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't be because you probably already had this conversation, but you might also be surprised that there may be people who are like, I don't want to be a full-time wedding planner. Like I actually kind of just like doing it on the side. So you always want to bring them into that conversation 
then you start looking at the numbers. Let's just say, for instance, Jen said to you, you know, if, if I could make 35,000 a year, I could totally quit my job and I would feel comfortable with that for at least two years, you know, and you're like, okay, now you can work your budget backwards and you can say, I've got to get to 35. Is she worth 35 to me? Like she probably is. Cause she already knows your business. She already has schedule. Right. Right. Or can I, there's just no way I'm going to be able to do that. You know, and at least you now have this in your head versus just making it up the whole time. Does that make sense? Yeah, that is super helpful. The timing is really well. So said Jen, it would be funny if her name was Jen, you would have really guessed it. I mean, you can tell me her real name if you want to. I just didn't want to. No, it's fine. Her name is Kylie and she is, she's very amazing. And she's definitely someone we want to have on the team full time. We're actually having a conversation on Tuesday to kind of go over things. And so it's more of like, how do we get there? And I think for me, it's, it's taking the leap of faith. I have always been of the mindset you have to spend money to make money. And I completely agree that bringing her on full time would alleviate and allow me to be the CEO that Mm -hmm. I want to be. We do like, you guessed it well, we do about 40 weddings a year and So it's, you know, how do we get past that number? I've done 40 weddings a year for about four years now, right? So it's how do I move past that number and grow? Yeah, that's really the way. When we switched all of our contractors to full-time employees, that was the exact same thing. I was like, we've been at the same number of weddings year over year for like three years now. And I don't know how to push past it. And the reason was because I was still doing everything else. So it was like, I still did all the selling, all the contracting, all the payments. I say me, my husband was also helping with a lot of that at the time, but all the social media, all the networking, everything. Cause I was only paying them as contractors to work weddings. Right. And so once you bring them on as an employee, they're also more invested in your company. They want you to grow. And I will also say this, Katie, I'm very, very open with my employees. And I think this is important. When I grow, you grow and we're growing a small business. I like, I tell them, I do not have it all figured out. I am figuring this out as we go. Like yeah. if you have an idea that you want to bring to the table, please do it. But I want you to make more money. Like I want to keep you. I want you to make this a career. Like Mm -hmm. that's what I want from you. So if you're invested in me, I'm invested. I want to be invested in you. So I think that's really important too, is helping them to understand. I want you to network. I want people to know you. I want them to request you by name. Like I Mm -hmm. want vendors to say, oh my gosh, I love working with Kylie. She's incredible. So that's what you really want from them. And I, I think it goes a long way. Yeah, no, I completely agree. That is really helpful. I thank you. That's, yeah, that's, I feel like that's always like my biggest question is how to how to do that and just and we get I'm very lucky that we get a lot of inquiries. I had yeah. an email this morning from someone who's you know they're moving from Ohio. They have experience in event planning, and I look at everything like, oh, she looks like she'd be amazing. And selfishly, you're like, yes, I want you on my team. Yeah, but I don't know that I can afford to have you, or do I have yeah. the number of events that would bring you onto the team right now? So. Yeah. The other thing I would say to that is I'm big on knowing your numbers. It's so important, and so I have a budget planning spreadsheet which I'll send to you as well. Oh, cool. And we'll link it in the show notes because I, it's not a paid product that I have. I, it's a freebie. So we'll link it in the show notes as well if anybody else wants it. But it's basically just a business budget planning tool. And if you don't already have a business budget on paper of every single dollar that goes out from your business, like every single one, this is just a really great tool to get it all on paper. And then what I always encourage people to do is put the salary. So I have a salary in for the owner and there's a salary in for your full-time employee. Then there's a salary in for your part-time employees. I would encourage you to put number 
numbers in there as like an estimate. Like, here's what I want to be able to pay myself. Here's what I want to be able to pay Kylie. And then I may have a part-time, you know, five hours a week, eventually later, 10 hours a week. And so you put those numbers that you want in there. And then when you get to the total, plus everything you do spend, when you get to the total at the bottom, then you can see how realistic is that for me? You may be shocked that it's not much more than you think it is. So it might be like, let's just say it's a hundred thousand dollars. Easy math, right? Let's mm-hmm. just, let's just say it's a hundred thousand dollars and you currently do in top line revenue, 85,000 for your business. Well, that's only a $15,000 difference you have to make up. And it's like, wait, if I bring her on full time, I only have to make 15 more thousand dollars done. Like that's three more packages or five more packages, right? Right. That's how you kind of figure out, okay, I can do this. Yeah. I'll definitely look at that for this week's meeting. That's right. So my next question is, so you're based in Orlando, right? And I know that I've heard you speak before about, I don't know if you call Orlando or a luxury market, but you do definitely kind of cater to a luxury brand and luxury wedding. So how do you feel like you can achieve that if you feel as though you're in a non-luxury market? Yeah. San Antonio is not a small place, like I've said, but you know, we're not Dallas. We're not Fort Worth. We're not Houston necessarily, where I would mm. say that those will be a little bit more luxury than, than what we have here in San Antonio. But obviously there are luxury clients in San Antonio, right? <laughs> or that comes yeah. to San Antonio. So how would you achieve that? Or how do you think that's possible? Yeah. Well, I think this is an interesting question because I really genuinely think luxury means something different to everybody, one. And I think it's gotten a bad rap in the wedding industry, right? Like I almost hate even hearing that word because it makes me like, there's so many people that say, oh, well, if you say you're luxury, then you're not luxury. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. But (laughs) what I think luxury is and what we strive for our clients is it is an experience. So we are not a DIY wedding planner. Like if you're going to DIY all your stuff and bring me a U-Haul on your wedding day, I'm not your girl. Like we're not your people. (laughs) Um, It's not because we don't want to work with DIY brides. It's because we want couples who understand that getting married is a one-time experience, hopefully, and that it should be enjoyable and it should be an experience. And so that's what luxury means to me. So if you hear wedding planners, a lot of really high-end luxury wedding planners will tell you they only do full service. They do less than 10 events a year. That's not my company. My company does 200 weddings a year. We do service event management clients all the way up to full service, but our full we only do about five full service weddings a year because there's not a huge market for it here. You know, 3% of all weddings fall in what would be considered luxury right? Okay. So for us, when I say that we're a luxury planner, we are, it's because we provide an experience, even for our event management clients, we are on the high end of our market for mm-hmm. event management services, because we are not going to just step in a week before your wedding and like slap together a wedding. I think it's fine if that's what you're looking for. And there's amazing planners out there for you. But our clients value the experience and the relationship and the calm spirit of their wedding day when they work with us. And so that's what I think. I would really try to pivot what you explain luxury to be, if that makes sense. So, Mm -hmm. um, and because we do that, we can charge more for an event management client. Whereas our market, we have a lot of people that are charging a thousand or $1,200. We're 2000 plus. And we can say, this is who we are. This is what we believe your planning experience should be. And if you align with that, we're, we're the perfect one for you. And so I don't necessarily think it means that you have to only plan 
you know, six figure plus weddings. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I think that that is a better way to market it, even on my end, as far as we've tried to do the same things in terms of, I guess we'll, we'll tailor it more towards it's a luxury experience, right. Rather than, okay. Yeah. And I think that's a really good way. Yeah. I, you know, there's a a dress shop in town and I, the bridal finery, the owners were actually on my podcast. I just value them so much. I think that they're brilliant business owners. When they have a client come into their store to find her gown, it's 1000% about the experience from the second she contacts them, her appointment, you know, calendaring her, her reminders, not just the dress purchasing, but then the alterations appointments and the checking in and just the whole thing from like call one to her wedding is an experience. And I value that so much because I think it is a one-time experience. And so it doesn't mean that you have to spend $10,000 on your gown, but it does mean that you want to have an experience, even if you're spending 2,500 on your gown. So that's what I think I want people to understand. And what I think would make it a little bit easier for you is it's not that you have to spend six figures on your wedding. It's that you want to value the experience that our team can bring to the table for you for this one-time incredible experience. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. We'll definitely, I'm like, I need to go back and work on copy on my website and (laughs) talk through that because it is something that we value. I feel like kind of like you said, we, our wedding management is is very similar to where we have certain perks and amenities that we offer them that I feel like a lot of Mm -hmm. people don't, but similar, we're on the higher end as well. So Yeah. And just kind of speaking to that, yes, through your copy and also through your sales experience and also being really, really confident and knowing that you provide a much different experience than some of your competitors and what that looks like. And it's not always tangible for us as planners, which I think is the hardest part, you know? And so that's where a lot of the grassroots that we talked about in the beginning too is under, is having other vendors understand the level of experience that you bring. And so they can also kind of back that up with their clients. They can say, oh, but trust me, you won't have to worry about a thing with Scarlet Rose. Like they're incredible, you know? No, that's great. Okay. So my next question I would say is out of all of the years and all of the things that you have been through, what do you think? And I mean, this is probably a loaded question because I'm sure you can't pinpoint when <laughs> But what do you think has been the biggest contributor to Blush's success and to your growth? Yeah. Okay. So 100%, I feel like I'm going to sound a little bit like a broken record, but it's a hundred percent. I don't think I even have to really give it any thought is it's my network. It's a hundred percent my network. We, I was a corporate event planner before I was a wedding planner and I had an incredible network and I was young and naive. And I thought, I thought when I started my wedding planning company that that would just transfer over, like everyone's in both markets, but in Orlando, they're not, it's a very separate. And so I had to build a whole new network and it was very scary, but I I mean, I, I cannot say enough about the human beings that have built blush. Like they're just incredible. Um, and I think that comes back to part of what our company believes is that while the bride and groom or the couple is important on wedding day, our vendors are at the exact same level of importance as our client, because our job is as the orchestrator is we don't have a job. Like (laughs) we don't, we don't play the music or bring the flowers or the linens or the rentals or officiate the wedding. Like our whole job is to make sure everyone else does their job flawlessly. And the only way to make sure that that can happen is if we 
make sure that everything that every single vendor needs on wedding day to perform their job flawlessly is there when they ask for it. So that's something that's really, really important to us. And from day one, people started noticing that about us. They were like, oh my gosh, like you make sure we have the timelines in advance. You ask us what matters in the timeline Mm -hmm. to us. You know, like we don't just say, here's what time you're arriving. And they're like, excuse me, like you don't dictate my schedule. You know, we, we bring our vendors into that conversation. You know, we know the things that make them tick. We try really hard to only send them clients that are a good fit for them. So we hear that from our vendors a lot too, is literally 90% of the brides you send us book us. And I'm like, that's because we only send you people who are a good fit. Like we're not just randomly sending out a vendor list, you know, and we don't want to waste your time. We don't want to waste our time. So yeah, I, I, I feel like I didn't even have to think about that. It's a, it's just these human beings. I can still count a handful of them that are still my closest vendor friends that like did my first weddings with me. And I can't even fathom doing a wedding without some of them, like any big, massive wedding we would do. There's no way I would do without some of my core team to be like, Oh, I need you. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. And, and I think too, because they have your back, like I'm sure you've experienced this mistakes happen on wedding day, you know, like things go wrong, whether we do so many outdoor events, weather and just things, you know, or people get upset, emotions run high. And when you have a vendor team, that's not just like, Oh, sorry, I'm the photographer. Like I'll be over here taking photographs if you need me, but they're like, what do you need? Like I'm all in, what do you need from me right now? Or, you know, it pours rain on your reception and you've got the dessert bar vendor and the lighting crew all drying stuff for you. That doesn't happen because they have to do it. They don't have to. They could disappear. And I've had vendors do that too. But those people who believe in you and who know you'll always have their back too, I feel like are... They're just so pivotal to your success and your brides and grooms, your couples never know that there was a mistake or that something happened because everyone pitched in to be like, don't worry about it. Like we got this. And I love yeah, that. Yeah. I think that that's really, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And for me, it kind of affirms, like I said, what I went to school for, what I went to college for has nothing to do with this, but my careers, ironically, you know, from waitressing, you know, all through high school and college into, <laughs> yep. into retail and customer service, I've always been very much a people centered person. And so it's kind of, this career fell into my lap and now it, like it makes perfect sense. Right. So yes. I think having a people involvement and I, prior to this, I was um, in management. And so I manage teams and things. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a big believer in like, you take care of your people and they take care of you. So not just on our teams, but yes, yes for, for vendors as well. And I listened to clubhouse recently when you were talking about uh-huh. someone who brought vendor goodies and, and like stuff for the vendors. I was yes. like, that's genius. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm, I'm the same with you. I'll go get the, the Diet Coke. Like, I know you like a Diet Coke. I'll bring that to you all day long. But yeah. I, thought, oh, like, I need a basket of goodies or just something like yeah. outside of our traditional holiday gifts or things like that. Mm-hmm. No, it goes so far. It's so crazy to me. And yeah, it's all really just grassroots. It's all about the people, you know, and you've been to weddings before where, you know, there's vendors who you're like, I don't think I want to work with them again. Not because they did even bad work, but really just because their vibe on the team was like, not really a team player. And, and you don't want to be known as that person. And I I mean, I don't know if you've heard of Katie, but like (laughs) there are, I hear stories of wedding planners in the market, right. From other vendors. And I'm like, no, no, someone would not actually do that at a wedding. And they're like, oh yeah, they did. And you just think, why? Like, these are your people. These are your people right. who are going to build your business. I've had so many, Be kind I've had them. so many people tell me like, you're really nice for a wedding planner. 
I thought, well, who is <laughs> nice? You know what I mean? Like we're all in here to do the same thing. And it, yes. that just boggles my mind. Like who wouldn't be nice? But I, I am sure it, boggles my it, mind. it can happen. So. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's so true. I will say just one other thing too, that I think is really, really important. In addition to that is when there is a mistake, when you do make a mistake or something goes wrong at a wedding is really taking care to care about it, if that makes sense. So client management, you know, if you, if something goes wrong before the wedding, you know, there's a communication mishap or whatever, it can be so little. Um, but understanding that it's such a high emotion event for a couple and understanding that they're not really angry necessarily at you, even though you may have made the mistake, you might've made such a tiny, silly mistake, but it's a big deal to them because it's snowballed and fiance is crazy and mother-in-law is <laughs> nuts. And, you know, you don't know what's going on behind the background. So I think always taking care with your clients too, to validate their emotions, whether they're right or wrong, they're right. Cause they're their emotions. So right. I think that's something that's last week. I actually had a bride say to me, I, tr- I read your reviews and I was trying to actually find a bad review and I couldn't find one there. There's one or two. I they're there, <laughs> but she was like, I couldn't find one. And I almost find that odd. And I was like, no, you don't find bad reviews about us for the most part, because when we make a mistake, we own it and we make it right. And and, and there's value in that because we're human. So mistakes will happen, but we make it right. And then what purpose would there be in a bride going on and blasting us if we've made it right for her, you know, and always checking in and taking great care. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there that I think a lot of times too, we, we, we think brides and grooms are crazy and they are, but they're in a high emotional event, you know? Right. So sometimes it's not about you. It's just about the situation. So just validate what they have to say. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Well, that was a good answer. You were, you were like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of things that go into that. Okay. And yeah. so then my next question was for someone at my level of experience where we talked about, right? Not new, not, you know, not seasoned. Like they're definitely like the OGs in our area that I look up to. What would be your number one tip? I, I mean, like, would it go back to networking or is there another kind of something that you would think of? To grow your sales or to grow your following or to grow your education or what do you feel like in what area? Um, yeah, I would say to grow in this instance, let's say to grow like mm-hmm. sales following, you know, to kind of continue to get to that next step of like yeah. where someone then looks up to me or sees me as like, I'm yeah. still not an OG, but someone who sees me as someone yeah. like, oh, like, you know, that's Scarlet Rose and they've been around for X amount of time and things like that. Yeah. It almost feels weird to me to be an OG at this point. Like now I was speaking at our local college yesterday and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like the (laughs) grandmother in the room. So it's just so weird to me, you know, but I've totally been there where you are. And it's an interesting feeling because you, you do feel like you're, you know, the OGs are still like untouchable. Like I, I can't really like go hang with them. And the new people are over here and I don't really know what to do with them. So I'd say a couple of things. I'd say one, befriend the new people. Like, you know what they feel like, right? You know, reach out, say hi. If you see them at a networking event, talk to them, introduce them to somebody. There's enough business to go around. So I think 
it goes a long way. You'd be shocked at how many people will say like, you were the only person that said hi to me at a networking event. You know, years later, sometimes people will say that to me, like, you're the only person that said hi to me. And I'm like, what? And it's just a simple, like making them feel comfortable. So I think that kind of being in that middle place, understanding that there's people that are coming up and they are already looking up to you. They're like, oh my gosh, sometimes even more so than the OGs, because sometimes it can feel like, you know, when I say things like I have six planners that work for me and I do 200 weddings a year, some people are like, that feels so untouchable right now when I do five events a year. And while I believe that there's, you know, I'm like, no, no, you could totally do it. Somebody like where you are is that person that can bridge that gap and say like, I do 40 weddings a year and here's how I did it. And I'm only four years in and like, you feel attainable. So they kind of almost want to talk to you, you know, if that makes sense. So that I would, I would say, yeah, like befriend those newbies, like help them along the way, because it's going to, it's going to really one, when you teach, it gives you a different level of confidence and understanding of what you do because mm-hmm. you have to say it out loud more often. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll make you a better business owner, business, better planner. It'll, it'll help you build some community around you. And then the other thing I would say is really try to befriend some of the OGs too, you know, like, um, Hey, I'd love to grab coffee and just understand a little bit more about like how you built your business. If, I mean, if you have time, I think that we have a great market here. There's, there's some incredible OGs that I'm like, I can't believe I have friends with these people now. Like they were so untouchable when I came into the industry, but I always do love to be super real and honest with our newbies too. And say like, you know, dude, it's crazy. (laughs) But, but if you need anything, I'm here. Mm -hmm. And because we have a team, I always like to let people know too, Hey, if you have something happen with your team, an assistant, you know, gets sick or whatever, like call me, I'm sure we can figure something out to help. Um, so yeah. So I think community probably is the biggest piece of where you are right now to be building around you. Yeah. And we do something similar. We have a kind of a, a local event planners group, a little community on Facebook and we do different kind of monthly or bi-monthly meetings and things like that. And we recently had a topic in ours about um, kind of similar. We tried to invite new people in and it wasn't by any means like price fixing, but also trying to get people to know their worth, you know, Mm -hmm. and just kind of understand that, you know, yes, when I started, I charged a thousand dollars for a month at right. And now I'm that like, Oh my gosh, you know, like, I mean, in a nice way, I wouldn't get out of bed for that, you know, like it's not what you would do. (laughs) And so trying to get people to know their worth. So I think that's important too. And just the more that we're all on the same page, I feel like that's something yeah. too, but that's yeah. good. I think that's huge. Yeah. Helping people to understand their worth for sure. Yeah. Yeah. How did you determine or what would you suggest or the process for determining like, I, I say exit strategy and not in terms of necessarily <laughs> selling, but like exit strategy, long-term goals, because as much as I say, we're super fun. Is someone going to relate to me when I'm 60 and wedding plans? Probably <laughs> not. Right. I mean, my mom is a really cool person and she's right around that age. So, but I think she's fun, but I don't know if someone would be like, yeah, let me hire the person who's a grandchild like this, you know, I mean, right. So, or do you you want to be doing weddings? Uh, Probably not. Let's see. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that that's huge. Yeah. Okay. So I'm so glad you asked this question because this is a good one. I think that it's different for everybody in terms of what you want. So one of the things I talk about a lot, especially when I start coaching a new planner is I want to know what your end goal is, because for instance, my goal was, well, once I started setting goals, um, was (laughs) I talk about that a lot too, that I didn't set goals for a long time in my company, but 
was that by the time my girls were in middle school, I have three daughters that I wanted to not work weddings anymore. And the reason for that was really because I gave up a lot when they were little. I mean, I had a one-year-old when I started my company and now she's 15 Mm -hmm. and I gave up a lot of soccer matches, plays, gymnastics competitions. Like I wasn't there and refused to do that once they were this age. And so my goal always was to not work weddings anymore. That's not everybody's goal. Some people will say, no, I don't want to do the back end stuff, but I always want to be present at my weddings. You have to know what that is because that's going to determine your price point, how many weddings you take on, Mm -hmm. how big of a team you're building, all of those things. Do you, do you kind of know what your thought is? Like, do you want to own your company, but not necessarily work weddings or what's your thought? I think maybe down the road, yes, or just take on a limited amount of maybe more full service and things like that. Yeah. Kind of going back to it, for me, I feel like my skill set is people and knowing people and managing people because I did that for so long prior to getting into this industry. And so, like, I'm one that, you know, I like to take care of people. I like yeah. to, you know, take care of a team. I like for people to love doing what they do every day. So I can see it, yes, as more of a running the company and doing and still being involved in the networking and all of that, but yeah. not doing as many weddings because yeah, that's why we all do this, right? Like the same thing. I got out of retail because fourth quarter's bananas and I wanted <laughs> to be able to, you know, have holidays and things like yep. that. But yep. same way I know that October is bananas and you know, I won't yes. have a Saturday. <laughs> so no football. But yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think that that's that's helpful to know and that you know your skill set. So there are some people I I'll, I'm sure she won't kill me for saying her name on the show, but um, Cece Todd, she's also mm-hmm. been on the podcast before, but she's a high-end floral designer out of Alabama. She's a good friend of mine and her, she's like, I never want to do a wedding that I'm not at. Like that, that is not her goal. And her, she's not great at managing people. I don't, I don't say that in a way that she's bad at it, but like when you know your skill set, mm-hmm. some people don't want to manage a team. They don't want to deal with having pregnancies or, you know, people just flaking out mm-hmm. or whatever. And so I love, I'm with you. I love managing people. I want to be the mama bear. I want to, I want to pour into them. I want to teach them and grow them and build their career. Um, so I love that side of it. But so for what you're wanting to do, yeah, you want to definitely start to scale up your team. And so that could look like right now, let's say you go ahead and bring Kylie on, right, as a full-time. And so maybe she takes all of your event management clients and you stop taking event management and you only take partial plan if you offer that and full service. And then as Kylie starts getting trained up, maybe, and you want to set a goal. Okay. So we're going to probably try in like the 18 months, I want her to start being able to take the partial plans. We're going to hire somebody else because we're going to be busy enough now to hire another person and they're going to take event management. I'm only going to do full service. So you're kind of working your way out of weddings where you might do, let's say you do five full service weddings a year that you personally handle. And then, but you're not working any of the other weddings and you're pouring into the rest of your team. And so that, that's how we did it is we just started scaling up and I would slowly come out. And I would say right in the consultations when I was still selling, if we had a client that was like, ah, you know, I'm I'm not really sure if I need full service, I might be partial, you know, we're still kind of thinking about it. I'm like, absolutely no problem. So that you're fully aware, I will not be your planner if it's not full service. That's not to push you towards full service at all. It's just, I don't want you to come back and be shocked that I only do our full service weddings. And they're like, Oh, okay. That's good to know. And then that also helps them to make that decision. And so, but you have to hold that line. It's like, Nope, 
I do these weddings and that's it. And then eventually I was able to just scale myself out completely and not do weddings at all anymore. And then one other caveat that I would give you about that is when we kind of how I just described it is like, okay, so Kylie would start taking partial and then you'd hire a new person. Then Kylie would eventually take full and you'd keep hiring people. Also know your team's skill set. So for instance, that's how we used to do it. And then we hired a planner who is phenomenal. She's amazing, incredible. She's been with me for three years and she hates full service weddings, like legit hates them. And she's (laughs) like, I like turn and burn. I like to, to make my clients dreams come true, but I don't want to plan it. And she's like, I feel overwhelmed by the fact that I'm supposed to be graduating into this new role. And I don't want to, like, it's overwhelming to me. And I was like, I had to really sit and think, why would I force her into that? She's actually brilliant at event management. She can take on more clients than anyone else. Mm -hmm. Why would I force her? And so we really started reworking it where it was like, you don't necessarily have to scale up into what service you do. But now I know like she can take more weddings than anybody else. She's my go-to girl for, you know, any high maintenance client, but she doesn't necessarily have to do full service. So also just as you're building your team, know their skill set and what they want to do and start fitting them in those holes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say that that's definitely something I'm focused on too. There's someone else on my team. I hadn't brought that up yet, but there's someone else on my team and I brought her on with the thought and, and understanding and process that she would yeah. be like a lead planner. Right. So she would have her own weddings because again, <laughs> I'm 40 and yeah. I'm like, okay, I need to have less. Right. So I need yeah. to do other things. And which is fine. And she can coordinate and do all those things. But we talked about it one day and we're like, you're like, you're really liking this. Like, are you, how are you feeling about this? And so, um, she actually kind of branched out and that's, we started a whole different brand of the company with mm-hmm. Scarlet Rose Collective, where we do like boutique rentals yes. and event decor and signage. And so she's taken on more of like the, almost yeah. like a brand ambassador. So like taking care yeah. of the brand and, and nurturing that and doing, being like mm-hmm. the designer on our team like client management isn't her favorite thing and, and skill set, or even just, you know, she's like, I, she's almost like a contracted designer. And then when it comes to like, I schedule them with her and then I schedule follow up. So yeah, it's, it, I think I'm still trying to determine like, okay, the best yep. roles for everyone and like, and how that process works to still alleviate yep. off of myself. Um, yeah. And I think so. It is such a learning process. process. It's knowing, do I value this person on my team? Cause sometimes the answer is no. It's like, you know what? No, like I, I just don't see a place for them on my team. Um, but when you do say, yes, I, 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 they, I value them so much as a person and what they bring to the table. I know I can find a role for them. That's when you can start doing what you just said. Like you branch out and you're like, wait a second, she could really benefit our team by doing the design. And maybe if, um, Kaylee doesn't like that necessarily, then you can, or Kylie, 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 Kylie. Yeah. If Kylie doesn't like necessarily the design, or maybe that's just not her giftedness right now, then it's, it works really well. Cause then Kylie can do logistics while this other girl does design. And so you can really work your company the way it makes sense. But what I will say is be careful not to, you always want to make sure that you're filling a role. So like if, if who's the new girl, what's her name? Raylin. Raylin. And not necessarily that she's new, but she's doing your design yeah, and your rentals yeah, and things like Raylin. that. Mm-hmm. So Raylin, just because this role fits her, could that, can you make that a role so that if she ever left, that was now like an established role for mm-hmm. your business. And now you can say, these are all the qualities Raylin had that I want to make sure that we fill. You know what I mean? So be careful right. not to just make a role for a person that you wouldn't refill. I guess that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes sense. So once, but it's great when you can see that somebody on your team has a, 
a character trait that you can say, wait, we can rethink our business. We could totally make that work. Yeah. I think that that's brilliant. Yeah. I love that. Perfect. The only other question I really have, I feel like it's kind of a one-off one, but, and I was actually, I was talking to another really good planner friend of mine in my area. And I was like, okay, like, can you think of it? Like, this is what I'm going to ask. Do you think of anything that, you know, like I'm not thinking of that would benefit. And she's kind of my mentor in our area. And she made a good point and said that where do, and I don't like talking about it. So it's kind of a, (laughs) but like, where do like politics fit into like a business role and everything. And I know you're in Florida, Mm -hmm. I'm in Texas. They just lifted the mask mandate or it's lifted next week. Right. And so I've seen so many other people in my industry, like posting, like, well, we're still going to wear a mask at event and we're still going to wear a mask at event. And I'm like, do I need to post that for my clients? (laughs) I don't want to, Yeah, you know, I don't want to post about it. But it's kind of like, where is that pulse? And yeah. I guess I may answer my own question with that. My hope is that my ideal client doesn't care that I yep. don't do that. Mm-hmm. But I don't yeah. know. Kind of your thoughts on all that. Yeah, I have a very unpopular opinion and I'm okay with that because I think you, <laughs> especially in today's age, you have to really know your values and where you stand on things and be okay with people hating you for it and, and people liking you for it. You know, you know, once you start putting yourself out there on social media, you're going to have to be okay with the, that there's people that agree with you and people that disagree with you. But Mm -hmm. my philosophy is this, I do not feel like anyone has ever changed their mind about how they feel about anything (laughs) based on a social media post. And so I, if somebody wants to know what my values are, what my beliefs are, or what my company is going to do, I absolutely will speak with somebody one-on-one about that. Or if we want to tell our clients like, Hey, the mass mandate was lifted. This is how Mm -hmm. our company will be handling it. Then we will send an email out about that, or we will have all of our planners reach out Mm one-on-one. I do not post anything like that on any of my platforms, not because I am afraid of it. I just don't, it's not who I am as a person. Like I very rarely am going to stand up on a soapbox about anything. I love having conversations with people, but if it can't go two ways and it's just people shouting at each other on an Instagram post, that doesn't feel valuable to me. And so it's just not who I am. So I personally don't post anything about that. Even with the lockdown last year, we, we went one-on-one to our clients. We said, Hey, here's where we are with the situation. Here's what our company will be doing. Here's our policies. Here's how it affects your wedding. And then let us know. Because I think too, you know, you have to be careful with even just telling your clients, here's what we're going to do. There could be one client out of all 40 that has a special circumstance and then they freak out because they see your Instagram post. So to me, I wouldn't, but that's, I don't think there's anything wrong if you do. You just have to know that, you know, you have to be okay Mm -hmm. with it. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And that's kind of how I felt is where, like I said, for me, it's, I don't think it, it brings value to, to my company and who I am. Yeah. And like, if, like I said, if they did not want to hire me based on that, then that's fine. Then they weren't my client to begin with. Yeah. And that's kind of how I figure. Yeah, absolutely. And I also say like, if you want to know what my values are, or you have a question, then call me like, I, or mm-hmm. DM me. Like I absolutely will, will have that conversation. I'm just not going to post about it on my social media. Cause I just don't find value in it. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's a great question. And I think it's hard to navigate right now. So you have to kind of know where you stand on it and be like, nope, this is where I stand and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's really the bulk of my questions. I don't know if I should have more. I feel like <laughs> I, I'm like, I don't know. No, I no. More. I mean, I think that that was perfect. I think as you're growing your team, I, you know, I love where you are right now because it's like, you have this, I, if you're doing 40 weddings a year right now, 
you know, I'd really love for you to, I'd love to see you set a goal. If you decide that you're going to bring Kylie onto your team of, okay, here's how much it's going to cost us with all of our costs, my salary, her Mm -hmm. salary. One of the things we didn't talk about is please make sure you're paying yourself before you bring on an employee, make sure you have a salary built in for yourself before you bring Mm -hmm. on an employee, but you want to make sure that you have that budget lined out. And let's say you say, okay, as we are right now, we're doing 40 weddings a year, but by the end of this year, I want to have 50 weddings on the books. You know, like I Mm want to up that by 10 or whatever it is, really set that goal for you and her so that you can work together to figure out how are we going to bring these extra 10 clients on? And when you're thinking about your own exit strategy, think about what do I want that to look like? Set time to it in you know, 18 months, I don't want to do event management anymore. In three years, I don't want to do partial plan anymore. And Mm -hmm. in five years, I don't want to do weddings at all anymore, you know, or whatever that is. I don't care how long it is, but set timeframes to it so that you can really be working toward whatever that looks like for you and make sure you have financial goals associated with it. Because if you just say one day, I don't want to work weddings anymore it will always be one day, you know, it will mm-hmm. never be today. And so you yeah. really want to put a time frame on it. I'm passionate about putting time frames on your goals <laughs> um, and setting clear goals, but you're just in such a great place right now where, I mean, you have the potential to just really explode and build a company that's going to really fulfill you as a human and like bring alignment to you as a person, you know, instead of this overwhelmed, overworked wedding pro. And that's really what I hope for people to see. So, yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm, I'm very excited about, you know, this being the first year of my own business, right. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, having that experience for me being the first year of my own business. um, You know, I was talking about it with my husband the other day. I was like, dang, like I'm happy with, you know, this has been good. It, it, It turned out, you know, better. Just like when I quit my, you know, great salary full-time job and went into wedding planning, he was like, okay, like, this is scary. Like you better hustle. Um, but we did. And so it's kind of, now it's like a new hustle. And yes. I think that's where I'm like, okay, what do I do now? Get into that new hustle. Yeah. And kind of see it all come to life. I'm so excited for you. And thank you so much for doing this call with me. I hope that all of our listeners got a lot out of it. You asked incredible questions. And for anybody else, it's kind of in this same place where you're like, okay, my calendar's full, but now what do I do? You know, how do I get to that next level? I hope that this was really helpful for you guys. So thank you guys for joining us. And thank you so much, Katie, for coming on. Um, Where can everybody find you if they want to follow your planning company and learn more about what you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. So on Instagram, we are at Scarlet Rose Events. Um, and our off-brand decor is at Scarlet Rose Collective. We're much better at posting on Instagram than Facebook. So <laughs> I would say go there first. <laughs> go to Instagram. Absolutely. And you guys can DM them and find out more about what they do. Or if any couples are listening, then you can absolutely go find them over there. And so thank you so much, Katie, for being here again. And I would love to talking to you. It was so fun. Thank you for the opportunity. It was awesome. Yeah. So that was fun, right? (laughs) This was the first time that we've done an episode like this where I really just bring on another wedding pro to get to kind of pick my brain for an hour and answer any questions they have about growing and scaling their business. And I had an absolute blast getting to chat with Katie. And I hope that you guys all really got some value from it as well and kind of hearing how I would coach another wedding pro on here's what to think through and here's what you should be considering and here's really how to scale from being a solopreneur into having a team and that team allows you to really step into the role of CEO and grow your business 
beyond anything that you could possibly do when you're doing it on your own. So if any of you are out there and you're like, ah, I want this, I want to do some one-on-one coaching time, you can pop over to my website, brandygar.com, and just click work with me. There's a lots of different options to work with me from just a 90-minute session all the way up to a three-month coaching container. And I absolutely love pouring into wedding pros and helping them to grow and scale their business. So if that's you, pop over to my website, brandygar.com, and I cannot wait to hear from you soon. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me every single week, and I will see you back here next time, same place. Bye for now. Hey there, Wedding Pro. Are you feeling overwhelmed, burned out, and wondering how you will ever pay yourself an actual salary from this business you're building? I get it. I'm a Wedding Pro just like you. I sat in this season of overwhelm and no pay for way too long. Now I own one of the largest planning firms in Orlando, Florida, while doing less than five weddings myself each year. And yeah, I pay myself a full-time salary too. And I'm not alone. Hundreds of other Wedding Pros just like you have gone from overwhelmed pro to confident CEO by using the proven strategies I teach inside the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator. I tell Brandy all the time how grateful I am for her. Before joining with her, I thought I was successful and I was successful, but I was working 24 seven, barely making a profit. Now, over a year later working with her, it's just been life changing. We have our Monday calls. I voice text with other wedding planners all over the nation. And it's helpful just to have someone that's done what we're trying to do. And that is what the CEO Accelerator Group has helped and taught me to do. Inside the Accelerator, you get lifetime access to the six step-by-step modules that walk you through the pillars of a profitable wedding business. The financial services spreadsheet that Brandy gives you as a part of the Accelerator is worth the price of the Accelerator alone. If you need clarity on finances, your budget, if you can hire, if you can even pay the people that you have hired, go get the Accelerator because that spreadsheet gave me the knowledge and power to make the decisions to continue hiring and growing my team in the way that I want to. But what good is all of this knowledge without accountability, community, and of course, a place to ask your most burning question? When you join the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator, you also get six months inside our live coaching membership. It literally has changed the way I do business. It has changed the way I view things. It has changed the way that I manage things. It is totally amazing to be able to sit with CEOs that have been through what I've been through, have been through the trenches and can give me the insight as to how they got through it. It doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm the only person on the planet who feels this way. No, there's tons of other CEOs that feel the same way I do. And we can talk about it, think through it and we can learn. It is absolutely amazing. And if you're thinking about it, you should do it. The Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator is the best of a course, a membership, and a group coaching community all in one. The group has been so supportive and has really kept me sane through the busiest season I've ever seen in my career. For that, I'm really thankful. Looking forward to the next year and all the things I have to learn to grow and scale my business and super excited for the next steps. Here's the thing. You can absolutely listen to this show every single week to get nuggets that will help you scale your business. And over the course of a few years of piecing together all of that free information, you could very likely grow a successful wedding business. Or you can join the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator today to get the 
proven step-by-step roadmap, you need to dish the overwhelm, build maximum profit, and step into your role as confident CEO, all in just six short months. In 2021, we did 220,000 in revenue, which I was so excited about at the time. In 2022, where we sit now, our revenue came in around 560,000. Honestly, I attribute so much of that to really being able to grow. I actually no longer take on weddings myself. I'm really able to focus and be the CEO of my company. And that's come with a lot of guidance from the Accelerator Group, all of the other incredible CEOs in that program, bouncing ideas off of each other, asking for the help and hearing from other people and what's worked and what hasn't. Just click the link in the show notes below to learn more about the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator and let's build your profitable wedding business together.